This is How to Japan, and today we're revisiting a character from Japanese movie lore, Godzilla, in the 2016 reboot Shin Godzilla. Welcome to the podcast, sir. How you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. It's the end of the week. Just a little bit more to go before things finish up and uh, can do a little bit of more rest. So um, we're talking about Shin Godzilla. And um, this was a 2016 movie. So it's right. relatively new compared to the movies we usually watch. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not a period piece. It's not about the 1950s, but it is a rehash of something that started in the 1950s. So I guess it's following a theme that we have. But there's no Takashi Shimura is not in it. So uh, that's something that is notable for us. It's quite rare for us (laughs) not to have him feature in one of of the movies we're covering. (laughs) And it's never been uh, deliberate like intentional on our yeah. part to find yeah. him out and say, oh, let's watch him again. Yeah. <laughs> it just pops up. Uh, you see, he's there. He's just there in the background showing up in uh, the Hidden Fortress, Godzilla, Ikiru. Yeah. Gee, goddamn, man. Very limited. Rashomon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, not, well, not too many people to choose, choose yeah. from here. Right. But he's long and gone. He's long gone now. So there's no way that he could appear unless they do a holographic uh, CGI uh, little uh, special effect for him to pop up in the movie. But they didn't. Uh, mm. And I don't know if that may that would have made the movie better or worse. I'm not sure. Mm. But um, I don't know. Well, well, maybe we should start off with uh, what we thought. I don't know if we really explained the plot. But... Um, mm. What what was your what what do you what did you think of the movie? Um, I'm going to cover spoilers later. Yeah, we could cover spoilers yeah. later. Whatever. Oh, oh does no. it matter? I don't. I don't care. All right. I, just, yeah. uh, I thought this was pretty good. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I uh, it, it was engaging. Mm-hmm. Which I think the other one, the 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 other Godzilla, the original that we watched, I, I told you how much I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened back to what to that last movie, the Godzilla movie I covered, and I was very critical of that movie. Uh-huh. Uh And uh, and with this one, they took a a different take mm-hmm. with the politics, uh-huh. bureaucracy, the the way you, if something of this magnitude pops up on your radar, that's something actually I, w- I always thought about. And monster movies, I, 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 I gravitated towards. Okay, how would you handle this in real life? Mm-hmm. This is something that the world has never seen. What are the types of approaches that you would take? What what would what would happen in a government to handle? something of this magnitude. It's just going to lay waste to your city. 
And that to me was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, a fascinating exploration into uh, where, where, whereas Godzilla, the monster itself, just took a almost a uh, arguably a back seat to the politics of it all, governmental red like red tape and different ministries having to work you know across across divisional lines in order to to handle this uh, this threat to to your nation. So, um, I mean, we can get back, get into that later. The how how much it parallels what has befallen Japan over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get very close to you know um, you know it's, it's quite on the nose, you know, referring to nuclear weapons and uh, how they they didn't want to have to resort to dropping another bomb um, in their own country. So I think overall, yeah, it's. I think it's interesting. I mean, I have issues with it. It's not. Yeah, by no means is it uh, perfect. But uh, yeah, I'd say I was engaged throughout the whole movie. What are, What about yourself? Well, one of the 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 criticisms that you had of the original movie was that you thought that the the puppet-like nature of Godzilla creeping over the mountain with its googly eyes uh, really uh, bothered you. And and when I watched ni- the 1954 version, I wasn't so pre- uh, aware of that the googly eye notion. But uh, watching the new one, I did laugh out loud num- numerous times. Watching I that did. googly-eyed, ridiculous-looking <laughs> monster that looked nearly like a puppet... I thought that the special effects were so fascinatingly up to date and retro at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was so yeah. bizarre because there were scenes of crashing boats going through rivers that looked so incredibly lifelike. And then there was a scene where one of the local trains flew through the air and it looked exactly like a train model. It looked exact. Yeah. It didn't look. And I was like, is this an homage to the ultra Godzilla? Like what is going on with the special effects in this movie? Because it really did move from going from, Oh my God, that's incredibly realistic to that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, for, I, I, I made a note of that. Yeah. I, I made a note of the fact that the, <laughs> the, the first time eyes, we're man. introduced, I actually didn't even know that was Godzilla. When he first yeah, turned up, I thought, oh, is this too. another monster? What <laughs> the fuck another, is this? It's like a worm. It's like this <laughs> yeah. worm with googly eyes. I started laughing. I was yeah. like, oh, no, this is bad. If this is what's in store for us, I'm like, fuck. But the, I think <laughs> what they're trying to like, there's a certain naivete to the to the monster when it has those googly eyes. Like, And I, maybe that's what they were trying to convey in a way because they – the monster doesn't really know what it's doing, mm. right? And that, it's evolving. They, yeah, it's evolving, and it doesn't know what it, it doesn't. Godzilla doesn't know that it's Godzilla, right? It doesn't have an awareness. It's just for some reason it makes landfall and just starts worming its way through the city, and it it, it doesn't even know that you know, it's destroying things really. And I think that's one of the most interesting aspects of, of the movie and 
one of the most confounding aspects of the monster itself is <laughs> <laughs> just that there were times, the googly eyes, right? Yeah, the, the fucking eyes. eyes. But then, like the, the like the special effects when lasers, like when lasers start shooting out of its back, right? It's it's like what is this? Like a like a a Pink Floyd concert from circa 1981. Mm, some rave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's going in yeah. all these different directions. And I, I was just like, that technology of the laser beam looks exactly like 1984's Return of the Jedi. Like it was just like cutting things across. And then it just like goes down and humps over and all these lights come out of it. It's almost like a, it kind of reminded me of like it, the movie. Okay, the movie reminds me of a Kanye West song because of just the eclectic nature because we start off with all of these these meetings which are so incredibly engaging. And I remember I was sitting next to my wife and I was like, wow, it's minute 20 and we're still in meetings. <laughs> like we're yeah, still, yeah, Japanese yeah. people love meetings. And wasn't, yeah. it a, wasn't it a great touch though when... Like they're setting up the meeting room and they just start pushing copy machines to the side of the wall. It was like copy machines. We're getting down to business. You know, in Japan, people are getting down to business when they line up the copy machines of which none of which were used throughout the entire movie. But there were other shots specifically targeting unused copy machines. Which I was like, why? Mm, mm, mm. You know, it's like, you know, that checkoff thing, you know, the smoking gun. Like you see the gun in the first act. You're going to see it happen in the third act. Someone's going to use it. You saw the, the copy machines in the first act and they weren't even used. Right. Come on, man. But it, it's I, I don't know. I, the, the, those kind of things really. And it was just something happened at work the other day. Like I was at work and. There, there, we had this meeting, and it was like everyone's rushing to this off of this one office that we have, and there's this. Oh, was co- there a threat of something of some kind? No, that you there had was to a with? giant, a giant copy machine. It was, it was like the width of a one-room apartment in Tokyo, right? And mm, like mm. a six tatami mat room. On and and the person, the staff person who came in to talk about it. It was like, okay, it does staples, it does hole punches, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's evolved. They literally said, my Japanese coworkers literally said, oh my god, it's evolving, it's evolved so much. And I was standing next to uh, an American coworker, and we're like, yeah, when I was in the 1990s, copy machines could do this. Like, they, yeah. like there's copy machines are held up to this incredible esteem that they even warrant like long camera shots in action movies. That it just—I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't think it was like a long shot. It was just showing them making space. Is what making I space, but they made like there was like six or seven copy machines all lined up next to each other. Mm. It was just stuff that I that I started to see, and I was like, "What is going on?" But I really did like. I mean, I liked the the excitement of the meetings, and it, and it's such an you know I keep going you know I keep going on and on. I'm sorry, but you know it's like. The, the 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 contrast between like the 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 overtones of World War II in 1954 Godzilla and the and the desire for self autonomy and control uh, of it, Japan's own future is is so pressing in the way they handle politics within the within the uh, within the movie. Um, 
But you liked it. I liked it. I, I at first, like, I, I think there was things that make me say it's fun, exciting, and at times incredibly stupid. Like, I just thought yeah, there were times yeah. where I was like, oh, my God. Would you stop with this? Would you stop with this? But any anyway, like, I, I, I mean, we can just go in any direction with that you want. Do you want to talk about yeah, this movie? Yeah, the, the movie, it's... It has so many good elements, which mm-hmm. I think should be applauded. I mean, if you can make a meeting that keeps my interest in Japan, for fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah. <laughs> so it just made me feel like, well, as I was watching these meetings, I'm thinking, you know what? Seeing that googly-eyed monster is <laughs> more realistic than seeing like engaging meetings in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that would never happen. You'd yeah, never yeah. see fucking Japanese like be so fucking like urgent in their in their mm. way they're handling it and how people are, uh, you know, acting with a sense yeah, of wh- like urgency. And there's no. It was almost like um, when I first started watching it, it looked like it was frictionless. It was like there was so much like smooth intercoordination. I mean, it fell yeah, apart, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I gave it credit at the beginning. I was like, oh. fuck, this is this is great, and 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 seeing the the different. Um, ways that departments had to handle it. I mean, mm. I, I I remember at the beginning they were talking about they were asking to cap- capture him alive, right? Or no, I think there are three options, right? Yeah, yeah capturing yeah. him alive, or uh, or killing him, exterminating him, or just driving him back into the ocean. Mm. Um, but then they asked that one guy, and he said, um, he said, no, 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 extermination is the answer. We will launch a torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like yeah okay yeah this is something this is retro from the fucking fifth, this is like <laughs> this is 50s godzilla right there nice callback <laughs> let's blow the fucking motherfucker out let's just fucking kill him <laughs> no keeping him around or driving away nah let's put a torpedo up his ass yeah yeah, but they're talking about which agencies should act. So they're talking about that. So they've got to handle the media. They've got to handle the... Um, uh, they even go into Article 76 right. uh, about an armed attack. Uh-huh. And yeah. self-defense troops could use force. But no, right. no, no, no that, that could be considered an armed attack. And so they're going back and forth about this one article in the mm-hmm. Constitution. And so they're debating about whether the... It was... It was it was interesting. It was yeah, it was really, engaging, and I thought really it was fucking like interesting. Hot, hot button issues in the news today, like a state yeah. of emergency and how things are handled. And I, I think you know, there, of course, it was made in 2016, so of course they're more unreflective of the 2011 earthquake rather than you know what what, what we're in now. But I think that um, what they were what they were pressing on were were interesting things that normally probably japanese action movies would not cover so i I found that yeah kind of fun to listen to but at the same time that you know it's all about um i I found that the the handling of, of foreign affairs like the actual foreigners in the movie and how english was used and how that was incorporated was incredibly clunky and so inspiring. Uh, are we are we are we getting to that now? Uh, we can do anything. I mean, you can continue on. What yeah, your the the um. Well, well, just just before that, I was going to say that you know the the way they handled it about how the self defense force, mm-hmm. the mobilization of the self defense force to operate within Japanese borders, mm-hmm. uh, take military action, right within 
within Japan and the confines of Japan. I mean, that, I thought that was fascinating. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's and that's concept. unprecedented, mm. and and of course they're grappling with it, right? right? And also the you know how uh, America has its hand in in the military affairs. So we'll have to ask America to do what we should be able to do on ourselves. That kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, so. Yeah, and, and this I, this uh, leads into what you're going to say about yeah. the English. Yeah, I, I sorry, you were going to finish there. Your point. Sorry. Oh yeah, it, it, I, I think that the whole system where they are looking at what America can do and what they can't do, it, it what was very interesting. But I, I don't know. I lost lost my train of thought there. But uh, the the English, yeah, the English speakers in the movie were bizarre. And and the yeah and, and what was it Satomi Ishihara right she's Kayoko and Patterson yeah that was her right yeah, yeah. man like I, I was sitting there with my wife and, and I'm like okay they the, she just had a conversation in English with one of her staff members and I don't understand anything I they couldn't said. understand I could understand I c- fuck all I couldn't understand I was like. Why? And then my wife was like, why are you being so mean? I'm like, mean? I understand that she's a box she's office She's a liaison. Girl. She's yeah. a fucking liaison to she, Japan. She you would lives, think that she could speak fucking English. She lives, she lived in America and she has a Japanese, perfect Japanese accent. And like, then my wife's like, no, well, look, she, she said that she can't speak Kago. And it's like, yeah, but she spoke it with perfect Japanese pronunciation. Like what she said in that statement, like oh I, I need I I can't let's go direct I can't I can't use this kago stuff. It's like Jesus Christ! Have you ever heard a Japanese person from overseas speak Japanese? They don't sound like a native Japanese person. It was just so bizarre. And then like the the other English speakers who are from Western countries, like there was that one scene where there's the the guy who has her hand has his hand over Kayoko's hand and he's speaking. At the end, and you I don't see his the, face. Yeah, you don't see his face, and he has. It's the worst. I thought he was her dad. Was it? I mean, I, I can't. I don't remember. know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm misremembering, but there's some, some someone important. Mm. And, and but treating she, her like a daughter. I don't know. And he had. It was like like typical terrible English direction in a Japanese movie, where the uh, these people are just throw-ins. There was no uh, no acting. I don't want to say no acting chops, but like the way they were directed in the shot and the way they were asked to get the deliver lines was horrible. It, uh, the googly eyes, I, I'm willing to forgive. Mm-hmm. I can forgive that. It's a, it's a Godzilla movie for fuck's sake. Right. So right. whatever. I mean, the puppetry and the CG, that's fine. I'll put yeah. that to one side. But mm-hmm. the English that's used and these Americans who are I mean the, she she's she's like a special envoy right to right, yeah. Japan and I'm thinking well this is a fucking important position right she's like in her it looks like she's in her early 30s it's no gravitas and she's young yeah and also she's like operating with such a carefree like blase yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. attitude in a diplomatic situation, no, no one would fucking act like that. Yeah. But that's Japanese portrayal yeah. of someone with like kind of arrogance and talking about, oh, where's Zara? I need to buy like clothes. I'm like, uh, are you? 
you pulled me out of the movie at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. That, at that point, I, I fucking hate you, movie. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to like the Japanese. I, I actually want yeah, to see yeah. the Japanese more than the fucking yeah. English, like, English speakers because they've got more respect for the Japanese speakers than they do right. for the English speakers. Right. I mean, exactly. I'm not. I mean, she's woefully miscast. That yeah, definitely. And the only reason that she's in it is because she is such a popular actress in and she, she fucks up the movie. E- She's in those Eon commercials, the English English conversation I've seen commercials. Them. I've seen them. Yeah, and, and she like. So yeah, let's give her. Let's give her. Uh, yeah, uh, a major part. No, I would argue that that is the most important part in this movie. Right. Yeah. In Game order, if if you were yeah. going down a documentary, realistic portrayal of handling a monster, then. Then this movie, I mean, the crux of it to me was mm-hmm. the American involvement and the Americans threatening to drop a fucking nuclear bomb again right, on Tokyo. Right, right. I, that was like a moment. That was a turning point for me. I'm like, fucking hell, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. I was like, you've got to contend with this monster and mm-hmm. America dropping a fucking bomb on your fucking head. Right. <laughs> again. Well, well, <laughs> this is, is again. Like, this is what I found sometimes for me uh, – you know they they have they have the moniker Shin, which means new new Godzilla, right? Or as far as I understand, that would be new Godzilla. But you know they kind of there's all this legacy technology that's involved in the movie, and I felt like you know of course you know it's based on radiation, but we're in the 21st century. Couldn't we have a different development of of the radiation story? Couldn't we have a you know a different take on it? It just doesn't get bigger and evolves and stuff. But somehow there's another there's another element that that drives this monster onward because I think at this point uh, maybe you know this is I don't know I'm harping on something that doesn't need to be harped on but. I mean, like we're we're used to the you know Spider Man. He gets bitten by a radioactive spider. He becomes strong. You know, we have these other characters from radiation. They get big and strong, whatever. But if you're gonna do a reboot, wouldn't it be I don't know more interesting if if it was part radiation and something else which drove which caused it to become big and strong? I don't know. I mean, it's I know that. Oh, you mean like um where where. You had to speak fluent English at it to drive it out. <laughs> yeah, <or something. laughs> but I mean, something not just it's not just like the nuclear radiation with some sort of technology that's built upon nuclear radiation, which causes it to become something that that evolves like some sort of DNA, whatever the hell. I don't know. I just felt like, OK, why are you retreading over this thing that? We most audiences when they they watch this know that the radiation doesn't act that way. Like I don't know. I I, I just it just kind of bothered me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, I I wasn't I wasn't upset about that. I was more just upset about how they handled this character. Mm-hmm. You could have taken any Japanese woman who's maybe I'm not saying change the gender or anything have it have it be a woman sure mm-hmm. but give her some gravitas mm-hmm. give her some fucking authority and give her a fucking English coach or right. something yeah or you know just give her just make sure the lines that come out and take away that sassy fucking attitude but just give yeah, her yeah. some force yeah. some aggression Oops. and also um, a level of uh, subterfuge yeah. you know I was I was actually thinking of have you seen JFK the Oliver Stone movie yeah yeah a long time ago yeah do you remember Donald Sutherland 
Like, yeah, Donald Sutherland played the part of um, giving Kevin Costner like information that mm-hmm. he needed. You know, he he was like uh, operating under the cloak of um, he was uh, very stealthy, and and he was the person uh, in the movie who who helped Kevin Costner solidify the case. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, get someone, get that's who this fucking character should have been. This was mm-hmm. someone where you don't know where their allegiances lie. This is someone who you could really have made a really great movie around this one character mm. where you don't know whether allegiance is with America or with Japan and perhaps she's torn between what the what America wants and what Japan wants and she's got obviously and uh, lineage here, her grandmother's here. Do everything the same, but it was just the casting of the character and the dialogue. That, I, I, I feel like this could, this movie could have been realistic, except for the fucking googly eyes yeah. of, the, of the actual puppetry of the, or no, the the monster itself. But I mean, everything else around this, if you were going to go with a documentary-style realistic take, then go full hog. Spend, you know, you don't even have to spend that much money on like an American, a Hollywood actor, Japanese actor. Right. Right. Just, just spend the time on this one character because they I think don't that would have sp- really made this movie. Uh, and, it would have... Like, made a huge difference like they the the way that they had her speak like she she would to show that she's like a native speaker of english she would say while they're speaking japanese "Uh uh-huh yeah it's like no one would do that it's and also a special envoy to japan that you've been sent by your government right um yeah that would never happen you know who the the even i would have even said like okay why don't you take the other i i love the uh accurate portrayal of women in the boardroom like just one other (laughs) i mean that's actually i mean that is a very realistic portrayal of politicians and government officials like one other woman is like that's a good representation but that woman i would have preferred her to be in the envoy position yeah me too yeah, yeah she was like She's older. She, you could believe you could balls. believe her experience. Yeah, she had uh, she had the, the right amount of uh, of aggression in a right. in a male dominated world in in Japan. Yeah, you could believe every she she commanded respect, and you know that's what, exactly what the special envoy needed. Yeah, you know what Satomi Ishihara like Kayoko? She she reminds me of. The character in Ikiru that brings Takashi Shimura's uh, character out of the the dark depths of depression. Oh, uh, I thought you were co- going to say one the one cut of the dead uh, <laughs> uh, prima donna who's no, like demanding, you know, <laughs> uh, not her, but like the, the the girl who kind of like tells her, "What, what are you doing? Try, try, just try to live your life, you know." Why are you feeling sad for yourself? Like she, like she had kind of like a, a sassy you know, modern girl kind of vibe about her. And she, I think this woman could have played that character. If it was, there was a remake of that movie, she could have played that character to a T, I think. But the the idea that, and the, they, they've done this with a, there was another movie, Darling uh, Gaikogujin, that the movie where it was an old manga and it was like about a, a Japanese woman and her, her American husband and living in Japan and all the quirky things that happen. And they made a, a movie out of that and it, it was crappy as fuck. And one of the the woman who plays the titular character was played by 
this really young actress is incredibly miscast. It, it miscasts in almost the same exact way, not necessary to have gravitas or anything like that, but someone who should be older and mature, but they, they throw these female characters into these positions where there's no possible way that anyone could ever believe that they would be in that, in that position. Um, it's a shame. It, it really is a shame how they treated the, the Americans in this movie. Uh, because I, as I said earlier, I think the the, the American uh, the Americans in this movie they 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 I think they should have cast a longer uh, a longer more sinister shadow than they mm-hmm. did. Right. Uh, that would have made it fucking amazing if they went full out and they casted. I mean, they 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 did say that though. They said we want autonomy, right? They, right. Yeah. They like, right. we're not gonna be fucking America's lapdog right, anymore. Right. Uh, they got UN, you know, international order has has passed judgment, but we're fucking Japan, motherfuckers. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> we're gonna handle it the way we want. So, hey, you guys, your special special task force, you fucking come up with something. In fact, that's something I want to I want to I want to get to as well. The the special task force. I loved mm-hmm. the way they just took the misfits, mm-hmm. the people who right. don't fit in mm-hmm. with these these normal meetings. Right. They just said, okay, well, there's no hierarchy here. There's no title. Mm-hmm. You, we're you are here because you can come up with some different ideas. Yeah. You, so please don't refer to me as your senpai or anything. I don't give a fuck. Right, Let's right. just come up with some solutions so to this. Try, and you got the guy with the pink towel who represents the biologist. Right, <laughs> who yeah. kept the pink towel? It's so that we know that he's the biologist. He's just you know, <laughs> like someone from the fifties, like like a, like fisher, like a fisherman. Right. <laughs> he's right. got. And he's got. Yeah. The pink yeah towel exactly. Yeah. Him. You. You know. You're right. <laughs> he was like he just came from like going for a, off a fishing trip. Like what the hell's yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah. I, I like the. Uh, and so, even, and, uh, hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, the, the, the woman character played by Mikako Ichikawa, Hiromi Ogashira. I like the way she played her character just kind of very drone-like. And, you know, I, not, to, not to harp on this thing, but she would have been a better envoy. Yeah, she, yeah, cold and more cold and calculated. Yeah, she and she's just the yeah. just her look, the way they made her look. That yeah, take out, out the sass. Take out commercial. Take out the sass. Yeah, yeah. Take out yeah. the sass and the arrogance, and just keep it mm. cold and calculated. Again, mm. like I said, make it like a Donald Sutherland character from from JFK. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who you don't know where they're. You know, you you don't really know what they're thinking. And this is someone who I think could could have saved. Could have made this movie like a classic. If, right. If they if they were able to get that casting right, and also to to change the angle, um, I mean we haven't talked about this before with movies, right? But I want to introduce something here. I want to oh, yeah. I want to talk about okay, what would make a movie that we think is good? What would make it great? Mm-hmm. What kind of changes would you make to mm-hmm. the movie in order for it to get an almost perfect score? I mean, no movie's perfect. Uh, silence came fucking close. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Did we? Oh, we did give it a perfect score, didn't we? Uh, I think so. Um, but but I mean, it's yeah. It's, it's I, with I, a movie I, like this, I just see so many, not even major changes. I'm just looking at these small changes you can make right. t- in order to make it a fucking classic. I think the international involvement. There needed to be more faces with gravitas on the international side. When they filmed, like there was these three white guys that they filmed 
incredibly poorly in a, in a scene. Like they were just kind of all together yeah, in yeah. a corner of a room. It was so weird. Like how part-time were, actors, full-time yeah, English teachers. Was, yeah, yeah, it was terrible. It was, and and the whole idea of us versus them, I thought was interesting. They needed the envoy, and then I think they should have had more phone calls with people in higher positions in in the u.s military right maybe dealing yeah. with fusa base or something yeah. because yeah it, it just wasn't cutting it it was not cutting it it was like mm. I, and also you know i you know, the bomb thing landing the bomb on it, it was just such a like the 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 foreigner's choice is obviously the wrong choice and we know that we have this technological nerdy staff that's going to get the shit done and we know that halfway through the movie that that's the group that's the core that's going to figure it all out and that's okay i mean you know that that has to be done that's part of like movie lore when there's a, a group of you know hard hard uh nailed you know serious but incredibly unsocial, hard yeah. nosed and unsociable, but hard nosed and know, knows what they're doing. They're going to figure the shit out. That's fine. But on the other side, oh, they're just going to drop a bomb. It's like, and and you've and you've removed all the the potential tension. Yeah, you know, there's so so many uh, ways to build that tension. Right. Starting with the casting. Starting with the dialogue. Uh, also, the um, like you said, the phone calls. Yeah. Like, why not take the kinetic energy of those early Japanese meetings and translate to American? Yeah, you know, the, that the American would have been interaction. Amazing. You had so much energy in those early meetings. You should have ramped it up when the Americans got involved. And because I was, I was yeah. so excited when when I when the Americans, I'm like fucking hell because they 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 were talking about the Americans coming mm. in right, and they said, oh, right, you got to right, be careful. Right. You know, the Americans don't uh, respect age; they just care about uh, you know performance and merit. And I was like, yeah, well, that's kind of you know Japanese view <laughs> idea stereotypes of, uh, of view American, of stereotype yeah. of uh, Americans. And but but the, I thought, well, this is promising. Yeah, and they fucking dropped the ball. They completely dropped the ball, and it's like, okay, and also the the idea that the only idea that the Western powers have is to drop a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That is so 1950s. That is 1950s plot premise. That's what I'm talking about, like the technology, like... You know, like there's okay, Shingojira, he's evolving from that's how it's hard to kill him, whatever. But then it's like we're stuck in 1954 regarding what Americans might do in that situation. And it's like, you know how many cool fucking techno- technological military apparatuses we have now? It's like there's so much shit. And like, you know, you could like involve like, the, you know, the, the last party act, the Tesla last act people. should have been the, the, the bomb. Yeah, yeah. The last act mm-hmm. should have been uh, should have been leading up to that, trying all sorts of different shit. Right, right. And then and then somehow there is information that led to the conclusion that a nuclear bomb would be the last resort. Right. And last then having resort. the special envoy as well involved, you know, again, that's the tension in the mm-hmm. back the the back channels. I'm not even talking about what's, you know, seeing the monster, seeing Godzilla. I'm talking about the right, right, political right. maneuvering with the, with the special mm-hmm. envoy um, interfacing with both Japan and America. I mean, that's where the tension is built up. And that's right. when you get the UN 
um, Security Council, you get the UN involved. And you don't even have to show the UN. You don't have to right. show the UN. You don't have to fucking show the president. That's fine. You don't have to show like so many important people. Again, it rests on the special envoys' shoulders. That's why it's such a critical role. Yeah. And the conversations on the phone, the dialogue, the you need to build up to that moment. Instead, what they uh, do sorry, is keep the, going, the keep freeze. Going. What is that freezing shit? The free. Yeah, what is what that? The frozen. Fuck? Also antiquated. It was so ridiculous. Like, Why? I, like, it doesn't make logical and, and sense. And the cranes. It? It's like everything was. How did old they technology. position it? How did yeah, they position so the crane <laughs> so that they knew that the that Godzilla would fall at that moment? So he fell a couple of times. Right. Yeah. So first, the trains run into his, his legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and he falls on an yeah. angle yeah. where the cranes are waiting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How they? How do they know he didn't fall on the other angle? I don't Why do they? Uh, how did they have like a hundred fucking cranes? They must have because in Tokyo there are a hundred fucking million cranes, and they just set them all up waiting for something to fall down. But like, but I, uh, but what if like Godzilla fell on like some cranes? Well, you know, and you other got cranes other cranes couldn't cranes get access. <laughs> Crane backups. Come on. I mean, they got that Because they're out. positioned perfectly for him I, to I get into his mouth. I just love all the uh, love and hate at the same time. Hate love. All of the old technology used for this incredibly prescient modern problem. Like cranes. Cranes are going to fix it. Oh, we'll just get something really cold. That'll fix it. Oh, the foreigners. Oh, they'll just drop a bomb on it. And then, like, okay, the solution, <laughs> the, like the solution for the thing, like for for the like when the the uh, hard nosed, uh, unsociable, like on the spectrum nerdy crew figure out what they're gonna do. It's like how they figure out like that guy, the scientist who left that weird numbery paper thing, and they're like, origami. It's like. Hey, uh, computer model. <laughs> Would you do you mind elaborating on that point? So, origami. I'm supposed to know what the fuck you're talking about. Machine <laughs> learning. Like, what the hell are you like folding? Why are you folding? Just <laughs> put it into the computer and figure out a goddamn algorithm. Like, why are you? Like, why is this like? It's the Japanese way. It's not the. It's the 21st century. Come on, you hey, got hey, copy machines. Uh, you, you get that printer over here. We need the printer <laughs> to print the out printer. this fucking form. We machines. need to print out some like uh, different colored forms to make this yeah. origami. Yeah, but there was there were some cool shots of like when they were like first starting to do things, and I thought it was going in the right direction where the nerdy dudes were looking at stuff, and all these numbers were on the the monitor, and like you could see their faces through the numbers. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. The fun. cameras like, right oh, okay, there. That, that's yeah, that was cool. cool. And then yeah. they just fucking put paper on the table. It's like, <laughs> so Japanese. <laughs> it's like why this obsession. Everyone should have a fucking laptop. <laughs> yeah. Why is why are they still using pencils? There's a fucking monster that's evolving. And there's no But they're AI still using just, fax machines though. Fax they're using machines, fax machines. Copy machines. <laughs> number two style pencils. And an ancient Japanese art. It's like, come on, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's not happening. I, that is not. But as you mentioned in an earlier episode of this podcast, the the technology minister didn't even know what a USB was. So I mean, <laughs> it could be very possible that there would be no, no worse, worse than that. He had never used a computer in oh, his that's life. Right. He never used a computer in his life, and that's why they have ten copy machines to make up for the the lack. They got to print out like a fucking soft like uh, the fucking shit on their screen, the computer yeah, yeah, screen, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he can yeah. read it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. I I didn't even know. I didn't even. I wasn't even aware of that until you mentioned it. But yeah, they're living in. I mean, this is 2016. Yeah. Right. Yes. So that's only what four years ago. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's worse? What's, what's more that? depressing? Yeah. Is I don't think they've changed that much at no, all. I think they're still they're still not. resorting yeah. to paper, paper, copying machines, yeah. that's fax what I'm machines. My, that's what I'm talking about. My way, my work. The the, the 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 copy machine can do hole punch. It's amazing. Wow, that yeah. has evolved. It yeah. has evolved from the 1990s. That's 1990s technology. Anyway, good I, luck I, trying I, to find that in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I have too many of those. Um, those those sorts of copiers because everybody's gone digital yeah so you know it's just it's just one of those things and that's why the japanese needed to do it their way because no one was going to follow their way because everything's on paper it's all because they can't communicate they can't communicate (laughs) through email because the the main blueprint is a piece of paper and you got a special envoy who's shopping at fucking zara Who says, mm-hmm, yeah, speaking Kago. Yeah, they yeah, whatever. Yeah, I got no whatever. time for this. I got, I got to buy, like, new clothes. Yeah. What do you mean you have time for this? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the only thing that's your job. That's the only thing you have to do. That's why you're here. Like, yeah, oh, it's it, such a lost opportunity. Yeah. I mean, just put aside the monster. There's so much political intrigue. Mm-hmm. The, the tension between America and Japan... The you know obviously there are co- there are parallels to the tsunami, mm-hmm. uh, the the Fukushima incident, uh, World War Two having two bombs dropped on fucking Japan's head. Mm. Uh, you got uh, yeah. So I mean, this America should have been the fucking they should have been the bad guy, right? They really should. You could have made them. That's. But, yeah, I mean, I th- uh, like I said before, okay. if you want to make a, if, if this is going to be perfect in my if, mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. I've already established ad nauseum that you got to fucking take care of that special envoy, mm-hmm. and also make sure that the Americans are, are, are through this the special envoy. You don't know which side she's leaning, right? But uh, but 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 America is a real threat, and they won't hesitate. They won't hesitate to do whatever it takes to limit the damage to Tokyo. Right. They will, they will, you know, whatever, you know, setting up barriers or, or fucking ships, you know, like um, nuclear aircraft carriers start fucking coming in. And, and then you, and then I could just imagine like people in the ministry saying, hey, I, I see someone on a radar here. I mean, this is um, really peculiar behavior, but you see the American Navy. Uh, Hmm. Aircraft carrier coming in. Hey, we've got to make a fucking call. Make a call right, right now. Right, what the right, fuck's right. going on? I mean, there's tension. There's fucking yeah. tension right there. You, you and know, then the special what? envoy is getting shit as well from the prime minister, saying, saying, "What the fuck's going on? I don't know what you guys are doing. Please keep me involved. We've got a uh, a special um, uh, task force here working on the problem." 
and I want to be. Uh, please, let's let's keep the communication lines open. There's just just these kinds of ways of building tension in a movie. Who's they 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 set that tone at the beginning. The right. tone is set. And having that fucking Satomi uh, ca- Ishihara. Uh, what, uh, Ishihara, having her in there just fucking spoils it. Yeah. And the English dialogue. And the, and the uh, English-speaking actors. It, it could have been so much better. So I've already outlined what I wanted to see. Um, that, that's what would make a perfect movie to me. And you know, the thing is, I watched it with a Japanese person, my wife. And we sat there and we watched it. And she didn't have... She didn't see it that way. And I think... And, and to... And to put it up on and to bring it to another level. Oh, I, did I she thought, actually like it? Oh, she loved it. She thought it was great, and she didn't notice those things. And when did, I you, did she give out, you a score? Uh, she didn't give five? me a score, but oh. I'll tell you what. Those Wikipedia's looking right here. Uh, the box office made seventy-eight million U.S. dollars, and it was the Japan Academy Prize for Picture of the Year. Well, that's pretty low standards then. Yeah, so. You know, you're looking at this movie and we're, we're saying w- what's going on with it. And it's very interesting that it was an action film. But but I think the things that we point out about it being all this political intrigue that's going on and the portrayal of bu- bureaucracy, which um, isn't always portrayed in an accurate manner, perhaps in, in, in movies. And I think those were the aspects of the movie that probably really stood out in Japanese minds. And so mm. the things that we see, Japanese people in in general wouldn't notice. So we have to keep in mind that this movie is for the Japanese audience. So uh, if we put that, if we put those in perspective, if we were Japanese, we probably wouldn't even really notice those things that we are that are bothering the crap out of us right now. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, Satomi Ishihara. You, yeah. you think, oh well, I know her. Oh, yeah, well, I, I know like her, her a lot. I love oh, her. Oh well, her English, her yeah. English is really good. Yeah, yeah. great. I I, th- I think that's like those are th- like she's always on TV. She's on all those variety shows. She's on commercials. She's everywhere. You know, so, you know, people. That's love the problem, her. I think, with Japanese uh, cinema and movies mm. is that they've got your J pop idols. You've got the, you've got the singers who I, th- I feel, maybe I'm mistaken, I'm sure there are people out there, listeners, who know more about the pop scene than I do. Um, but the last good pop singer I remember was in um, Clint Eastwood's movie. Uh, Letters from Iwo Jima. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that guy was a pop singer, and he was fucking incredible in that. Right, yeah. So it's not not unheard of to have have them translate to the (laughs) silver screen, to the big screen. That's not unheard of. That's fine. But let's not make a habit out of it. And also the casting, again, Hmm. that's fine. Like you said, the the woman in the military. Yeah. her? Have her as a special envoy. Fuck, she'd yeah. be more believable. Yeah. Give her an English-speaking coach. Um, give her, you know, give her some time. Give her a month beforehand to to learn her lines, to and say it her, with just, uh, just, a cold, <clears throat> a cold edge, just to keep keep that same temperament. Don't fucking change anything. Just keep that temperament. 
And also change her, just change her backstory. You can change her backstory. She she doesn't need to have grown. She doesn't have up. to have grown up with like maybe a fucking she, father who's American yeah, or whatever. Right. She maybe she was born in America, and when she was five years old, she came back to Japan, and then she's sure. bouncing around the and world. And then she went back, and then she went back uh, to work in America. Whatever. Yeah, and then that's why she has the strong Japanese accent, but she might have a deeper understanding sure. of American culture. That would have Easy. made more sense. Easy to fix. Yeah. yeah whatever. I mean. The, Backstories are not not as important. Who cares? Yeah, I don't care. I just get all I care about is this fucking woman, who I can't. I don't know where she's leaning. I don't. I don't know if she's close to ordering a strike. You know, like to the last act, mm-hmm. sending that bomb, like another nuclear bomb on Tokyo or not. And then having that scene. You know that scene when Satomi Ishida is like walking with um, with our main dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Rando Yaguchi or something like that. Yando, yeah. So, so they're walking together, and then the the camera starts panning out, and then she says, "Like, I don't want to have another. Um, my, my grandmother is here. My grandmother is here, and I don't want her to experience like a third nuclear bomb." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just imagine that with someone with the with the chops. Yeah, you know. I mean, just it comes down to that one moment, and then that's that moment where. You know that America, okay, America's no longer going to drop that bomb. But right. but that could have been like such, like almost a tear jerk, like a, a moment where you would mm. cry because right. you don't know where they're leaning because yeah. they're not revealing all their cards. They're not sassy. They're just cold. Like I said, Donald Donald Sutherland, he's just re- like revealing subtle details or, or just a spy. What mm. about a spy? You yeah. know, just like um, whatever. Those are the main issues I had with it were such a failed um the promise the promise of a perfect movie mm. was uh lost right it's still a good movie like yeah, i said at definitely. the outset it's still a I, good movie I, I, it's entertaining go, yeah definitely entertaining i mean i that's what i saw off i thought it was fun i thought it was exciting and at times incredibly stupid and but but more fun and exciting than stupid and you know there was so much potential, but going back to the monster itself, I mean, I started off by saying like, there was like, you know, it seemed like a Pink Floyd uh, light show from 1981 when he's like shooting lasers out of his back. But I also really thought it was interesting that the monster, and they really press forward with this, the monster doesn't really have a consciousness. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's just constantly changing. It's just this ball of energy. And so there's nothing to reason with, really. So they can kind of attract it and manipulate it to go in different directions. But in order to, you know, get rid of it. But it doesn't it's just it's it symbolizes just energy and life. and, And almost like even though it's huge a youthfulness to it it just doesn't know what's going on it's like a giant baby that's out of control i thought you know that's a really that's what i was starting to take from it i thought that was really interesting how they were how they were doing that because i think there's certain godzilla movies where godzilla is you know going out to protect the people or he's against the people or he has some sort of mindset that he's going after something. And in this one, he was not, he was just like all over the place because he's just like this new being that doesn't know what the hell is going on. And I think the googly eyes 
is kind of representative of that. Like it's a baby, doesn't know what the hell is going on. So it's going to have that silly, big head, googly eyed face going on. Oh, mm. just just one more thing here. Where you're going back to 1954 and the way they killed Godzilla in 1954 was the oxygen oxygen destroyer. I would just have to say, even though I don't really understand the technology behind the oxygen destroyer, I would say that was a more interesting way to get rid of the monster than what they did in this one. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're coming up to... To the end here. Uh, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about the your standout performer. Okay. Who who was it? Oh boy, it's hard for me to say. Uh, it's just well, we we both know who our worst fucking performer right, is. Right. I think we <laughs> the worst fucking character. The worst character. <laughs> um, I really liked how the prime minister the pr- portrayal of the prime minister. Uh, Which one? Uh, the first one. Okay. Uh, but I wish I could remember his name. Um, the Prime Minister, is it Seiji Okochi? Ren, Ren Osugi? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought he did a really, he was really interesting to watch as this guy with gravitas, listening to people talk and all that stuff. But also, I, I the, the the side characters, I, I like the, the one... The one woman, Mikako Ichikawa, who played Hiromi Ogashira, the nerdy uh, socialist on the spectrum, nerdy lady. I, I really, I, I liked how she did things, but I, and yeah, yeah but she, I want to say something controversial, but okay. no, I think I think it's easier for Japanese to play that part. Okay. <laughs> well, also I like the, the an emotional woman. cold. Yeah. Was it Kimiko Yo? Kimiko Yo, Leiko Hanamuri. She was the woman who was in the bureaucracy who had. Oh. Yeah. I. I. But it's. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about you? What, what? Who did you stand out? I probably agree with you. Well, I thought it was Rando. Rando Yaguchi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's. I mean, the whole movie. I think he he held it well. He's. Uh, he had some good moments. I remember him losing his temper at one stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just calming down again. You could see the rage just coming out, and then uh, having to uh, re recalibrate himself because he was mm-hmm. a facilitator of all these meetings. Mm-hmm. But he just, um, yeah, I thought he did a good job. You know, the whole I movie. actually, I think you know that's the thing. I think that ninety percent of the actors and actresses in the movie did really good performances. Yes. Yes. I think overall, I, I mean, we've too. been shitting on yeah. one person the whole time, but like, but like that's the most important fucking yeah. character. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the character cast is incredible. The cast yeah. is actually incredible. Yeah, no, I agree. It's really agree. well done. I mean, it's just those four weird. I think ass... that's what your wife liked seeing yeah. like all of these names, yeah. all of these famous actors, all bringing their A game, except yeah. for one fucking bitch. <laughs> Yeah, just one fucking why. Not her fault. I'm saying, bitch, it's not her yeah. fault. Yeah, it she is her fault. You know, no one put a fucking gun to her head to take this part. Um, also, the fucking director, director, producer, or casting director, uh, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Maybe they're not, because, you know, like you said, they did really well in Japan. Yeah. So they know something that we don't office. know. Yeah. 
You know what? I mean, fuck the story. Fuck the what? movie. We'll just yeah. put someone that everyone knows in this in, right. this, this pivotal role. Get all the high school <laughs> kids to go to the movie theater. You put her exactly, in. exactly. That's right. So that's, that's why exactly we're not in charge it. and not working in the movie industry in Japan. <laughs> but I tell we you what, if we were in the movie industry, classic that no one watched. Yeah. <laughs> if we <laughs> no, we would make a fucking classic. If yeah, we were in the okay. writing room and yeah. we had access to a director, producer, casting director, I think we'd have a good <laughs> shot and make a fucking amazing movie. So we've already established what made us laugh. That was like yeah. another question I was going to ask. What was your most well, funniest moment? F- it's got to be the googly eyes. The and, googly and eyes. The, I, fucking, the I got it highlighted. I got yeah. it emboldened, underlined, googly eyes. And then the cranes. Yeah, like you mentioned before, the cranes, the cranes being perfectly timed to go. And just the use of old technology. I mean, that's like, what the fuck? That's, that is, that's, that, that's funny shit. Did but, you have a um, moment where you had goosebumps? No, I didn't have any goosebump moments. Did you? There was one moment. Yeah, like I said, the the dawning realization that the U.S. is going to drop a nuclear bomb on Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I was thinking, but that was that was until yeah, that was until all this fucking shit with Satomi Shihara started. You know, where she yeah. couldn't act, she couldn't mm-hmm. speak English, and then I, was, I lost all interest. Mm-hmm. But just that that I just I just realized, okay, they're going to work into that. I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. America's mm. going to be cast as a bad guy yeah. uh, in this movie. Are they? Do they have the balls to do it? And that's when I got goosebumps. I'm thinking, uh-huh. fuck, are they going to go in this direction right, where right. Godzilla is just uh, in the background? You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's just serving like a, like he's a tool to, a in order device. to... Yeah, yeah. A plot Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. A mm-hmm. plot device mm-hmm. in order to cast the Americans as these cunts who want to drop another fucking nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why I had goosebumps. Wow. But then they, they, they soon subsided. Nah, I was like, nah, they fucked it up. Right. Uh, what about rating? Okay, rating system. Okay, we've got a rating. Um, okay. What are we... What did you, did you decide on a rating system? How about googly eyes? How many googly eyes? <laughs> Actually, I had, I, had a, I had a note here of uh, oddly, per- perfectly positioned cranes. But that's a little too long. <laughs> PPC. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no, no. Let's use googly eyes. That's simple. Okay. okay gonna, googly eyes know, out of yeah. Go on. Yeah, out of five googly eyes. I mean, I'm going to give it four because uh, I recognize it for what it's supposed to be, which is an action movie. And I thought it was fun as fuck and entertaining as an action movie, and fell apart in the bureau- bureaucratic shit with international relations. So I take one googly eye off. Okay. What about you? You know, like you, I you know, I thought I was expecting something in the vein of a monster movie. Mm-hmm. So, the the fact that they went down the like a different, they took a different approach with the politics, as mm-hmm. I said at the beginning. I think I I, I think I'm going to give this a yeah a three three googly eyes. Okay. And this is for a Godzilla movie, which mm-hmm. we've established. I'm not. I think I wasn't a big fan of the original. Mm-hmm. I think I gave it. Not even one oxygen, oxygen destroyer. destroyer. <laughs> we had a ranking of oxygen destroyers yeah. for the original. Right. Uh, I didn't even give it a full canister. Nah, mm-hmm. I couldn't even give it that in the, in the original. But here, I'm going to give it three. Yeah, three googly eyes because it was entertaining. It was a novel approach, but they didn't stick the landing, and they had so many opportunities. They had like a different cast, different different casting, more. Um, seriousness a little more um 
I guess, dedication to the American side. Right. You know, making them more of a threat or more sinister or insidious threat that's a different level of threat to Godzilla. I mean, that they could have taken it in a way which I think would have made it perfect. But right. they didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Three. It's a shame. It's a real mm. shame. Mm. But I'm not taking away anything from this movie. Yeah. Uh, who who would you recommend it to? I'd recommend it to action movie lovers, even people who like action movies. It's a great, you know, is it Andrew Sorkin that does those that does those movies where they're like lots and lots of dialogue in meetings? Is yeah, that the yeah, guy? yeah, 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 yeah. So it it really starts off like an Andrew Sorkin type of dialogue over you know, lots of dialogue. At the beginning, and and I think people who enjoy that kind of interaction in bureaucratic settings, I think they would love that kind of shit. Eat that up. I loved it too. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought the way they filmed those meetings, mm. th- it was the most. Uh, yeah, I think I would argue they're more engaging yeah. than seeing Godzilla. Yeah, you know, seeing them take down Godzilla, like fuck. I mean. Uh, Sending those trains, using those cranes and uh, trains, cranes and automobiles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's kind of tiresome just seeing them there. I want to get back to the fucking infighting at these right, meetings. Right. Yeah. I love those meetings, which you, which I I don't think too many people can can say in Japan. Mm. Living in Japan, they love meetings, but uh, but that's what I'm going to say about this movie. Okay. If you like meetings, if you want to see meetings <laughs> uh, portrayed in an engaging way, I recommend this movie. Yes, yes, yes. So that's uh, Shin Godzilla. Oh, ba- oh, sorry, I forgot to ask. What was that stuff on the end of his tail? Do you remember at the end they go up and they pan, they they slowly go zoom in on Godzilla's tail? Is it? And then I see stuff? like like human like look like human form. Like, oh yeah, out. I thought they were doing tr- what trying is that? to do some sort of Guernica thing going on with it, like a Pablo Cap- what does that Picasso mean? painting. I don't know. Oh. It's like the horrors of war. You know that that painting Pablo Picasso's Guernica who's painted it during the Spanish Civil War and it has all these little objects in it that form this other greater imagery and so I I guess it was like it looked like there was all these things that were part of humanity within it so I think that's what they were trying to go for I thought it was like another uh, monster that's going that's developing within from his tail that's going to spawn I don't know much about Godzilla lore. I'm sure there are listeners who know more about Godzilla than we do who are tearing their fucking hair out. Yeah, what the fuck <laughs> is like, your Guernica? You don't know. This is where yeah. like fucking other monsters but, come from, from his but tail. The, but that's the thing. It's like this is Shin Godzilla, so it. I don't think it follows the same trajectory. Like it doesn't have the, what was called the same canon. Like you, mm. you, it has a completely, almost completely different trajectory it could go on. I don't know. So I guess we're just going to have to leave it at that. I think we will. Or we can maybe update it at some point if we find out. Oh, okay, I just checked online. So the natural explanation for the ending of Shin Godzilla is reproduction. The little guys frozen in Godzilla's tail in the last shot are baby Godzillas. Look at that. You were right. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, there, there, there are some different views on it. Fan theories. I don't know what's right. All I know is that I wanted to... You you can go down that rabbit hole if you like. Till next time.